Today, we are going to be continuing our series looking at the treasures, the timely and the timeless. And we're looking at the Alpha and the Omega symbol today. And I love this symbol and I love what it stands for. And in the last scripture we're going to read, it tells him, God tells that he is the Alpha and the Omega. He is the beginning and the end. He's also the middle. And these three scriptures, we're going to be reading three different scriptures from three different spots. And they're all depicting God as the beginning, the middle, and the end. So let us read. We're going to be first in Isaiah 41. And verse 4 says, Who has done this and carried it through? Calling forth the generations from the beginning. I, the Lord, with the first of them and with the last. I am He. Isaiah 44, verse 6 says, This is what the Lord says. Israel's King and Redeemer, the Lord Almighty, I am the first, I am the last. Apart from me, there is no God. And then we turn to Revelation. And in Revelation chapter 1, verse 8, it says, I am the Alpha and the Omega, says the Lord God, who is and who was and who is to come, the Almighty. This is the living word of God. Let us join together in prayer. God, sometimes it's hard for us to understand. We can't comprehend no beginning and no end, but God, you are the beginning, and you are the end. And God, you are all of the middle. Your hand is in everything. Be with Pastor Mike today. Let all our hearts and minds be open to the message today that are your words, because we know that they are going to be your words. God, thank you for everything that you have given us. And all of this, God, in your name and your glory. Amen. I want to uh, say one moment before I jump right into the sermon. Thank you, for Kelsey, for reading that and praying for us. Um, if you signed up for the security and safety team... And Or if you still want to, uh, that is coming. Our uh, security safety team captains will be Mike Henley, Craig Liscom, and Daniel Morgan. Uh, they've already uh, purchased now the materials we're going to use that's called Sheepdog uh, Security. They toured our building with public safety the other day. So we're on the way, but as they're trained, then they're going to be calling upon those of you that have signed up. Or if you still want to sign up to be part of the safety security team that helps uh, our, our congregation be re- uh, ready for... Uh, health emergencies, weather emergencies, and of course other difficulties that might come to the church, we'd encourage you to sign up uh, and be trained uh, with them. Our sermon today starts like this. From, from 2008 to 2017, the focus of Marian Methodist has been on the get there. You, you know if you've been here, we've been doing a lot of ministries. We did flood recovery. We did all those kind of things. Uh, Bible study classes confirmed a bunch of students. And at the same time, we had our minds pointed on purchasing a piece of land, getting a building planned together for our new church facility, and getting out there. That Our get there has been very important, and it's been part of one of the main things we've been doing in the church. Now, 2018 has begun, and now the Marian Methodist focus is on the once there. It's good to get there, but if we simply move this stuff to another place, we really haven't gotten there. Our once there is we want to continue the vibrant ministry of Marian Methodist. We want to grow. We want to add more people to our numbers every single week so that they might know the loving God that we know. So, 
during this last sermon series, we're taking some of the, some of the symbols that we've had around the church for a long time that have a timeless message, but bring to us a timely meaning. Now, I want to put an image up here of the Alpha and the Omega. Now, the Alpha and Omega, uh, and I want you to look at your, at your bulletin, if you would, because the Alpha and Omega on the outside of your, uh, of your um, bulletin cover shows you the, the Alpha and Omega symbol that was in your pul- on your pulpit that was uh, right here. Uh, it was built into the church in 1947 and was here for 50, more than 50 years. And when we, when we have the Alpha and Omega symbol uh, on the pulpit, it, it means that God is all in all. See, we are going to take that symbol with us. We're actually going to take that physical symbol with us, not necessarily the pulpit that sits in the main hallway now. But the truth of Marian Methodist is that we take God, our Alpha and Omega, because wherever he is, so we are. Now let me talk a little bit about Alpha and Omega. Alpha and Omega are the first and last letters of the Greek alphabet. You probably all know that. If we were to translate in English, what Alpha and Omega means is I am the A to the Z. I I am A and Z, and I'm everything in between them. So, it was on the pulpit, this symbol, Alpha and Omega, was. Because from the pulpit, it was the responsibility of the pastor at the moment, the associate pastors, all the other leaders of the church, to guide congregants those assembled faithfully or those seeking faith in everything from A to Z because our God covers it all. Now, what you know and what I know is that there's many good ideas in the heart of human beings. There's many things that are rumbling around our minds all the times. And there's some very bad ideas and some very false ideas. And the God who is A to Z is over all of them, always pushing down the false and always raising up that which is true and righteous. There's nothing that God doesn't cover. Nothing. And so today we're really going to focus on three little things that are huge. God is our beginning. God is the principal element of all things. And God is our ending. So let's start where we start. God is our beginning. We believe in the beginning God created the heavens and the earth. First line in scriptures. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. Now, you probably know this because you live in the same world I do. Some people find that difficult to believe. Some people struggle with the simple truth of Christianity that we says, God created the heavens and the earth. How could something be made from nothing. How could God make something from nothing? The Bible says so. Many believe he did not. Christians believe, Genesis 1-1, in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. Now, Richard Swinburne is a preacher and he wrote something I want you to see. It's extraordinary, he writes, that anything should exist at all. Surely the most normal state of affairs is simply nothing. No universe, no God, no nothing. Now I want to give you a little bit of warning here now. If we were living in Colorado, I would say to you this. Pastor Mike's going to get a little bit in front of his skis right now. Because I want to talk about something I am not an expert in. 
Matter of fact, when Pastor Mike starts talking about science, you should automatically put on your skeptical earpieces. Because, you know, remember the old game Trivia Pursuit? Remember Trivia Pursuit? You play those games? Okay, so they had these little circles and there were little pie pieces you got in there. Man, sports and leisure and all that. Bam, bam, bam. I'd nail those things. But then we get to this science and nature thing. And I'd usually take somewhere between five and 25 chances to get to that. Because science and nature, that's not my real thing. So when I, when I start talking about science, you have to understand that most of my scientific knowledge has, 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 been, ha, has been gleaned from a television show called The Big Bang Theory. So, <laughs> so, but, but Google, but Google knows some things. So, so to talk about creation science, I needed to, to, to do some research this week. And in textbooks and on Google, physics has this little simplistic phrase. In physics, nothing is nothing. Nothing has no ingredients. It has no movement. It is pure and utter nothing. Nothing. It's not even a vacuum in which you can create things. It's simply nothing. No existence, no particles, no matters. And in physics... Because I'm not going to go beyond my baseline understanding of this. From nothing, only nothing can come. Okay? Stay with me. From nothing, only nothing can come. John Ortberg, who's a preacher, said this. But there is something. There is something. Notions like the Big Bang, natural selections, and evolution explain how the mechanism might change one thing to another. Might, but they do not explain how existence springs up out of nothing. The real trick is not changing one thing into another thing. The real trick is creating something out of nothing. And another law of physics is that matter cannot be created or destroyed. So the universe cannot have made itself when it was nothing. That is simply science. Something else would need to do so. And that something would have to be independent of time, space, and matter. Now, this is all well known. So it's not surprising that the proponents of the Big Bang, which, by the way, sometimes sounds to me like let there be light. But proponents of the Big Bang are now establishing and considering a pre-bang theory because they can't explain how something can come from nothing. So as humans do, and they should do this, scientists are searching. Searching for the answers. That's the quest of humanity to know what is. Now, Isaiah 41, that Kelsey read just a few moments ago, says this. Who has done this and carried it through, calling forth the generations from the beginning? And then the word of God. I, the Lord, with the first of them and with the last, I am he. This is a self-identification. The Lord speaking to the prophet Isaiah, saying, it was and it is and it will be me. Who made the bang? I'm he, says God. Who's moving it along through history? I'm he again, says the Lord. 
Who's in charge of whatever's next? And God says, me again. I am he. This is basic Christian theology. That God is the I am. And the eternity of God means that God is beyond time, space, matter. The physical world struggles with this. Because everything we know has a beginning and an end. My last job before I became your pastor started in 1995 on July 1 and it ended on June 24th in 2003 and then I came here and had a start and an end. When I watched my beloved Dallas Cowboys play football, man, there are a lot of times when, when they haven't scored as many points as the other and I said, this game should not end. But you know what? The clock runs down to zero and it's over because it has a beginning and it has an end. That, that is the nature of the world that we know. And God overrules, I mean, that's part of the creation story, that God overrules all of the laws of physics and does the impossible, and did the impossible. Psalm 90, verse 2 says this, Before the mountains were brought forth, or ever you had formed the earth and the world, even from everlasting, you are God. Which is, which is the way of saying in Christian theology, before you did anything, you were God. Before you did this, you were God. Before you made that, you were God. You simply are. That is hard for us because there's not a single human being in here that has ever thought about Christian faith that wants to know the answer to the question. Not one of us has not asked the question, where did God come from? How, how do we have a God that has no beginning? Just always is. It's beyond our minds. And as Christians and as human beings, we can either accept that an eternal God created the world or somehow, or somehow, that nothing became something and via a huge explosion, all this that you see in front of you and all that you'll see outside and all these that you see in front of you and that you see when you go outside resulted randomly. But the Christian tradition is simply this. God is our alpha. He is our A. He is the beginning. Secondly, God is the principal element in all things. Now, the principal element is the element that's of greatest value. Actually, now again, not a scientist, but some of you will correct me afterwards, but I believe to be the principal element, you have to be at least 35% of something. But the principal element is the element of greatest value. And if you take it out, you do not have what you had. Let me tell you how this plays out. So, you know, I'm, I'm playing in the late part of my 50s. And my wife has, Teresa, wonderful as she is, has decided, unbeknownst to me from time to time, that she's going to in, in, introduce these healthier things in my life. <laughs> All right? So a few months back, she introduced what is said, what says on the label, sugar-free maple syrup. In parentheses below it, the work of the devil. Okay? <laughs> All right? Because... If you take sugar out of maple syrup, I don't know what you have, but it's not. So when you pour syrup on a waffle and it beads up, that, 
This is not syrup. They, you take out the, main, the, the principal element of something, it's not what it is. It's just like, for those of you that watch, you know, some television, if you watch The Office, when they took Steve Carell out of there, it wasn't The Office anymore. If you're a generation or two before that, when they took Sus- Suzanne Summers out of Three's Company, it wasn't that anymore. If you love rock and roll, when Gary Richgrath re- left REO Speedwagon, it wasn't the band anymore. See, I finally get back on my skis and you laugh. Rock and roll I know about. But, but see, when, when, when we take life from connection with God, when we extract the ultimate of life from it, when we take the principal element away, we extract its meaning, we extract our opportunity, and we extract our eternity. This is an all-sufficient, all-inclusive God who is Alpha and Omega There is no thing, there is nothing he does not cover. In Isaiah 44, verse 6, it says this. This is what the Lord says. Israel's king and redeemer, the Lord Almighty. I am the first. I am the last. Apart from me, there is no God. The meaning of everything comes from its principal element. And when God says, I am, that is an, int- an attribute that only he claims. He claims it in his words and he claims it in Jesus' word. When he, ca- when, when he claims I am, what he is saying is that all that is gets its meaning from me. He is the principal element in all of creation. God's actions are all-encompassing. Without him, nothing is eternal. Without the principal element of creation, what meaning does life have? And so the human choice is simply this. To be a part or to be with the principal element of all creation. And third, God is our ending. For every A, there's going to be a Z. I went to middle school at C.B. Vernon Junior High down here. And we had a... a uh, principal. Some of you knew John Fowler. He's gone to meet the Lord now. But again, probably because of my great distaste for science, I loved it when we had assemblies first thing in the day, because that's when I had science classes. <laughs> I loved it. You know, we'd pile into the bleachers and they'd have, you know, whatever assemblies that students have in, in school. But I remember Mr. Fowler would always at the end of it, go to the microphone, always in the, in the center circle of the gymnasium. And he'd say, all right, people, All good things must come to an end. And that meant back to science for Pastor Mike. Back to class. All all good things come to an end. Even God says that. All things have a beginning in humanity. And all things, even the good things, must come to an end. You see, there is this promised ending for humanity. Don't miss that part of the scripture. Don't miss the parts of scripture in Daniel, in, in Isaiah, in, in, in all the prophets, in Jesus' words himself, in Revelation that says there will come a day where I will come back and all the prophecies will be fulfilled in me and everything that you see will be taken apart and there will be no mourning, there will be no crying, there will be no more death anymore for everything will be made new. That is an end to what we see. And do not miss this. Oh, how it's going to happen. What are the mechanics of it? Maybe, you know, scientists have been telling us for a long time. I, I believe in science. I, you can't dispute it. 
maybe the, maybe the sun's going to burn out in a billion years. That seems to be the time frame. I won't be around for all that. But uh, maybe that's what's going to happen. But here's the promise that God makes. The promise is, it's going to be spectacular. Maybe not because of the visual signs, although they're described, but it's going to be spectacular because it's going to happen for his purposes. The end will come because it will fulfill God's purpose for creation. In Revelation chapter 1, it says this. Kelsey read this a moment ago as well. I am the Alpha and the Omega. That's the beginning of the end. says the Lord God, who is, that means right now, who was, that's the creative force, and everything that preceded us, and who is to come, which is the future of the Almighty God. You see, Jesus is the Eternal One and the Almighty who will one day come. He will fulfill all the prophecies that have been put out in the Scriptures before Him. This is the Christian tradition. This is the timely message that was on your pulpit for 70 years of the Alpha and the Omega. That God comes towards us and he encompasses all that ever is, whether we're going towards him or not. I think one of the most important things for us as Christians to understand is that God is coming towards us whether we're thirsty for him at night or not. For those of us that are thirsty for God, that we live our lives in God, it is such a grateful thing that the Lord is coming towards us all the time. He's offering us salvation. He's offering us fullness of life. He's offering us <clears throat> eternity. And for those of us that have friends, and I do, for those of us that have family members, and I do, who don't know the Lord or have chosen to take themselves away from him, even though they might have knew him at, at some time, and they're not thirsty for God at all, God is still pouring himself towards them. He is still coming to them. We call this prevenient grace. He's coming towards us before even we receive our salvation. And this is one of the beautiful things of our Alpha and our Omega is that he wants us not to be apart from him. And he offers us this opportunity to turn around, to make a choice for him, to conform to him, to allow ourselves a change of heart, to have these spiritual awakenings day by day. You know, when you're driving your car down the road, it doesn't take very many degrees of mistaken direction to really lead yourself to a disaster. You know, if you're going down County Home Road and you just turn the wheel two or three degrees and put yourself on the shoulder, pretty soon you're going to be upside down. And in the same way, if you're, if you're pointed the wrong way, just a few degrees will correct you back to the path that the Lord would have you on, that he desires of you. You can go disastrously wrong with just a few degrees and you can be wonderfully corrected by just moving a few degrees. And the call to the Lord is always, stay on the clearly marked path. I'm the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father but me. Stay on that path. Go with me all the way through. Because this is what we know for sure. God is the Omega. He is coming. According to the scriptures, it says he's coming soon. Now, maybe that's marked in God's time, not our times. And we have a choice. The beautiful, wonderful thing is we have a choice. And I will tell you this, those of you from my generation, this is not like let's make a deal. This is not like we're standing beside Monty Hall and he says, do you want door number one, door number two, door number three? And if you pick right, you get the big showcase. But if you pick wrong, there's the guy on the donkey. It's not like that. The one choice is 
him forever. There's only one great choice that we can clearly see. So we're either choosing that or we're choosing ourselves. You see, God is not a means to an end. He is the end. He is the all in all for Christians. He is the alpha and the omega. God is our beginning. God is our middle, the principal element. And he is our end. And that is why for years on the pulpit that's here and in other various symbols across the Christian church, we display thrillingly the alpha and the omega because our God is our A to our Z. And through all that is, worship him, live in him, praise the Lord. He comes for you all the time. Let us pray. Lord God, we thank you for a creation. The creation of all things and the creation of the Holy Spirit and the creation of we that are gathered here. We thank you for the creation of the the eternal personality that you've given to every single one of us. And we thank you, Lord, that you sustain us and you redeem us through all things. You don't just get us started and say, well, hope for the best. But you give us an opportunity of an eternity with you that can begin right now while we're in the midst of these. So, Lord, thank you, Jesus. Thank you for yourself. We are in awe. We are humbled. Praise the Lord. Amen. Good morning, and welcome to First United Methodist Church in Marion. We're so glad you're here. We're trying some new things as we move towards our new facility and some of the technology that's there. So welcome to our first uh, attempt at video announcements. So glad you're here, and in your bulletin you'll find that there's a yellow slip. Uh, Take that yellow slip, fill out with uh, uh, your information if you would, and if you could, we'd love to have you put a prayer concern down at the bottom on the back. Uh, Our team loves to pray with our our members and our friends, and we sure would uh, appreciate it if you'd put something down there. Now today, we do have a new members class uh, that follows our 11 o'clock service. If you're interested in that, even if you haven't signed up, we'd love to have you come join us uh, at lunch just a few minutes after 12 uh, downstairs. If you get down there, uh, we'll find you and welcome you in. The last few weeks, we've been running a mission program for uh, RTS Missions in Haiti, a food box program. Today is the last chance uh, for you to contribute to that through this particular arm of ministry. Outside the chapel, there's a table, and down in Fellowship Hall, there's a table where you can make a contribution or order a t-shirt, all of which goes to help feed uh, families and children uh, in Haiti. Next Sunday, we'll be having our last mission breakfast here in our historic facility. I know the guys are excited to get out of this old kitchen that they've used very well over the years into that new kitchen at REC Drive, but they're going to celebrate one more time, and we hope you'll come down. This particular mission uh, breakfast will benefit the memory wall, which will be uh, part of our center at the new facility, and they want to help uh, provide some of the beautyment uh, to that. That's a word I invented just right there. Um, And next... uh, a couple weeks from now, on May 6th, there will be a bell choir concert here, also our last in this facility. It's at 4 p.m. in the afternoon. We hope you'll come by. It's a wonderful time. As for now, we're glad you're in worship this morning. Uh, we hope the blessings just flow down upon you and you bless those around you. For me to answer any questions you might have, we know that a lot of you have questions. We put out a lot of material and stuff like that, but maybe you haven't seen what you're exactly asking or have questions for us. So I'm just going to stop. And if you've got a question, raise your hand and I'll try to repeat it when you say it. 
Don't scratch your head. I think you're... Yes, Eula. Are we going to eventually have an overhang? That's a good question. The building committee spent a lot of time on whether we could have a drive-up overhang or not. The cost factor of that is about a quarter of a million dollars. Um, and so right now, that's not in our building plan. We can always add it to. Um, in most modern churches, you can't connect it to your building either, or you have to put sprinklers in it to, to make it fireproof in, in today's building codes. So if you look at New Covenant, some of the churches that have done that, but right now, that's not that's not in this particular phase of the building because we can only we're stretching our dollars as far as we can, and then we have to stop. Thank you for that question, though. Many have had that question. Others, sir. How's the new parking lot going? Thank you for asking that. How's the new parking lot going? The new parking lot on the west side is the thing that will probably delay our construction the most at this point in time. Uh, they were supposed to be out there working a couple weeks ago, but you know that we got eight inches of snow followed by some other rain. So uh, we need some drying winds, but hopefully um, our construction and our uh, concrete guys will be out there fast uh, soon. We're not saying that we're delaying the, the getting in there yet because we don't want the contractor to slow down. Uh, so we're push, push, push. Um, but public safety will not allow us to inhabit that building until the fire department can get to um, two different ways to our um, fire uh, hydrants and that sort of thing. So um, pray for a drying wind, that sort of thing. Good time. Gene, what window? Oh my gosh, somebody stole the window. Uh, that window, thank you for asking. That, that window, uh, one of our families has given a donation for that window to be moved to the Carnegie building. Um, so it was extracted and, and that was done actually yesterday. Um, and it will be being reframed uh, for us in, in a, uh, by a local artist. And, and as you come in the Carnegie door, there's a big glass window and it'll be in that site. But yeah, thank you. That's, that's the last one that we know of that's going out uh, um, for now. So thank you. But we wanted to take it with us. These, these two and that one will be eight feet out of the, of the building. So if you go uh, to the building, uh, right now on the sanctuary side, which is the big side, there are nine um, joints there. And if you look at the middle one, which is the fifth one, you see that's where they're going to come in more. We hope to have a final package that we can show to you drawings-wise pretty soon. Other questions? You only got 50 seconds. Oh, yes, Becky. Yes, there's going to, the question is, will there be a copier? Right inside the east doorway, there's going to be what's called an admin space, which will have a a dump station computer and a photocopier so we can run copies out there. If you've ever been in the church office, it's it's a newer twin of that there, a little bit less expensive, but basically that's it. Thank you. So we'll be able to do full everything we need out there. Yes, ma'am. As um, far as I know, that's a, that's a UMW-UMM question. I, we're not buying a bunch of new stuff, uh, so we have a lot of room out there. And I think the kitchen committees are going through of saying what we're moving and what we're not. But there is ample space out there in the kitchen. Actually, I know that as a congregation, we've been saying, well, there's not much storage area. But our builders saying, man, we never build buildings with this much storage in them anymore. So, um, But that the kitchen is giant, amazing, big. So I think all that stuff's going, but... It depends on what they need and want. 
Okay, next week we'll come back if, and, and uh, be right back here again. 